You're listening to SBS News. In January, the World Health Organization launched an appeal for $2.5 billion to shore up its emergency fund. That money would become desperately needed in the months ahead, with an earthquake in Turkey and Syria killing thousands and leaving scores of others in a precarious position. There were fears of disease outbreaks as people struggled to live outside or in shelters and infrastructure began to be rebuilt. Deputy Director for the Office of Humanitarian Affairs, Garda El-Tahir Mudawi, said the situation in Syria was especially precarious because of sanctions imposed amid an ongoing civil war. As we've seen that 20% of over 600 communities that have been assessed, they have no access to health care as we speak. Winter conditions are very high. Uh, cholera, over 40, uh, 47,000 cases are already there, and access to quality drinkable water is not the case. Health system is overwhelmed. Later in the year, a similar nightmare began to unfold in Gaza. <laughs> Israel sought to eliminate Hamas following the militant group's deadly raid on October 7. Hospitals in Gaza, like the major centre of Al-Shifa, were the target of the Israeli military. They alleged Hamas was hiding weapons and hostages inside, claims that Hamas denied. And aid organisations reported that hospital systems were near collapse as thousands of displaced people took shelter in them and a lack of fuel and food stretched medical services to the limit. British-Palestinian surgeon Dr Ghassan Abu Sita, who spent weeks working for Doctors Without Borders in Gaza City, said the brunt of the impact was being felt by women and children. During my time at Shifa Hospital, it became apparent that 40 to 45 percent of all the wounded were going to be children. Uh, The primary target of the bombing was people's residential homes and that we were getting multi-generational patients from the same families in each uh, uh, air raid. The impact on health services was even felt in nearby Lebanon. Major Yun Hospital Director Dr Munas Klakesh said that his facility was one of dozens in Lebanon that had already been struggling to cope in peacetime because of the country's economic collapse in 2019. The fear is definitely there, but this is our destiny. Our job is to be here and to keep going, depending on our capabilities and what is available to us. And hopefully the situation won't get worse. Apart from war, the other major concern fueling an uptick in health worries has been climate change. The World Health Organization reported an increase in malaria infections this year because of humanitarian crises, rising temperatures, increased humidity and more rainfall. The WHO's Global Malaria Program Director, Dr Daniel Gamajay, said more funding was required for prevention and treatment efforts. Given current trends, Continuing with the status quo will only lead us further off track. We need to step up financing. In 2022 alone, there was a global malaria funding gap of 3.7 billion US dollars. 
Health experts repeated their concerns to world leaders at COP28 in Dubai, telling the gathering that there'd already been a fourfold increase in heat-related deaths because of climate change and they were expecting millions more people to be impacted negatively. Canadian doctor Yastult Jibeh said not many people realise that the climate crisis is also a health crisis. It affects uh, you with air pollution, of course. That's what people might think of uh, right away. So your lungs, but also your cardiovascular system, so that's your vessels, your heart. But it will also affect with the rise of infectious disease, more antimicrobial dis- resistance, um, and, of course, all the refugees, climate refugees that are going to be in insalubrious condition, food security. If there's no food and we all starve, it's not also uh, going to be great for our health. So there's a multiple way that uh, climate change affects our health physically and then mentally as well. There's climate anxiety, of course, um, and uh, there's uh, the mental effects also of being, for example, a victim of natural disasters. Meanwhile, New Zealand was making the news this year for its shock decision to repeal anti-smoking laws. Cigarette sales in New Zealand to anyone born after 2008 were to have been banned from next year in a bid to stop young people from taking up smoking. But the country's new right-leaning government decided not to proceed with that after all. Health experts and campaigners like Ben Yudan from the Action for Smoke 3 2025 group panned the decision. That was a world-leading policy that was going to save thousands and thousands of lives. So it feels a tremendous cost to be in power to give up that bill because it's just going to prolong the the death and the disease that's been caused by smoke tobacco. Plenty of other health-related stories also got a healthy amount of attention in the news, like a project to give information about the genes of half a million people to scientists around the world to drive the discovery of new treatments for disease, which could help us understand how illness progresses in populations. An international study found an experimental drug could slow progression of memory and thinking problems in patients, giving new hope for the treatment of Alzheimer's. And in Germany, Dominika Fritz became the world's first recipient of a medically approved 3D printed bionic arm. It's crazy. It feels like I have never had anything missing. Also, in general, to be able to work with both hands, I could never imagine it. I couldn't even imagine it when I saw other people doing it. And it's quite overwhelming now. Amazing. But some stories have been overlooked. Among them are the issues facing transgender people in the United States to access health and aged care. A new wave of state laws has been enacted this year, limiting trans people's rights across the country. In Florida, the law has made it difficult for people like 57-year-old Andrea Montanez to keep accessing hormone therapy. But Michael Adams from a support organisation called SAGE has said there are also concerns about the readiness of nursing homes and health facilities to meet the needs of trans seniors. Among the challenges that we see facing um, transgender elders and older adults are um, discrimination and lack of access to welcoming health care and welcoming elder services. Um, we see discrimination at high levels of discrimination in housing, we see higher levels of poverty, higher levels of health challenges and health conditions, and all of which creates a greater need for supports, services and care. Deborah Grok, SBS News.